Welcome to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. So glad you're joining us today. Today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Gibson, who's a skincare expert and author. He's been featured on CBS, ABC Family, Fox News, The Daily Buzz, and pretty much any television or radio show you can think of in the United States and Canada. His book, Acne Free in Three Days, has sold over one million copies, and he runs a very successful YouTube channel called Chris Gibson Live. Really excited to bring you this episode today, all about skincare secrets, the role of inflammation in skincare, and overall what you can be doing to help improve your skin health and maybe even start aging backwards. Before we get to the episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Chris, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on today. Great to be here. What got you interested in skin? I mean, a lot of people look at you as kind of their skin health expert. How'd you get started on that? Well, like most things that are important to people, usually they come from some sort of uh, issue. (laughs) So I had uh, acne really young, uh, about 11 years old. And at the time that I had it in the um, cycle of things, there wasn't a whole lot um, other than topical things you could do about it. There wasn't a whole lot of information. Dermatologists didn't really focus on diet and top, you know, over-the-counter products or Consumer, consumer products so much. Um, then Accutane came out in the uh, early 80s and I took that twice. Um, it would work for a little while and then it would come back. And I had cystic acne, which was in my, ran in my family. So I didn't want to have the scarring that some of the older adults had. So that was really our focus. But it was when it was in my early 20s and it wasn't going away. It wasn't stopping that I decided I needed to try to figure that out on my own. So that's really how that all started. Um, So I learned a whole lot lot back then about nutrition and skincare ingredients and even probiotics, even though that wasn't something anybody was talking about either. Cleaned up my diet, went on a fast, did did fasting, uh, which stopped it. Actually, that was the one thing that I did really just took it away. And then I had to learn as I put things back in my diet, what triggered it for me. Um, and over the years, you know, I, I, I took study nutrition and uh, aesthetics in college. Um, and so I'm kind of an old school when it comes to the esthetician side, though I don't really, I don't have clients like that anymore. Um, but I would help friends and family out. And then I went into work into the corporate world and really didn't do a whole lot with it other than just side advice until the early 2000s when I uh, was writing books, I wrote a new book for just on the acne issues. Um, a little booklet to see how it would do. It did really, really well, surprisingly. So that's how that got started. And then um, I took a year of taking questions from people and did the research. So the book is really about what I did. It's not a how-to, it's how I cleared it up. Uh, it was very, very popular. I got on television with it and did TV shows for almost five years, tons of radio uh, and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of been ingrained in me. And now that I'm older, the uh, focus and conversation has really gotten into anti-aging and de-aging without having to have plastic surgery. You know, what can people do? What did I, how come I don't look 57? You know, why is that? And then, so I sort of take that advice and that's what the YouTube channel is really focused around is helping people solve skincare questions, or I call it the conundrum 
right. <laughs> of ingredients, you know, what can you do uh, up into like plastic surgery? So that's really the focus, but it's obviously it's, it's different for me because I'm a guy talking about it and in that particular space on YouTube. It's mostly ladies over 50 mm-hmm. um, and they do makeup and fashion and other things. And my focus is solely skincare. Um, and then the guys in the beauty and skincare on, on YouTube tend to be younger and just review products and their, their followings are quite large, but they're a lot younger. So I have a subsection of all of those types of people. I have the acne folks still, I have young people wanting to not look older or they're starting to find, have issues. Um, and then I, of course I have the over 40 folks that are trying to reverse sun damage and all of that good stuff. So it's a really wide audience. For I can tell. Yeah. And that's a huge need right now is anti-aging that occurs in a natural, holistic way. Right. I certainly would not have guessed that you were 57 years old looking at you. Uh, but clearly, you seem to have stumbled on the fountain of youth here or something like that. Um, and your backstory is actually somewhat comparable to my own. Uh, like probably most teenagers in America, I struggled with acne growing up and... Yep just like you, I was prescribed Accutane by my dermatologist and right. I was on a course of antibiotics even for like literally six or yeah. seven months. Uh, and now you just kind of look back and you question like, was that actually good for me? Should, should I have, you know, been on those things for as long as I was? Uh, and then you're left to deal with the ramifications. And, you know, if you're lucky, those products helped you and you got better, but they never really got to the root cause of why you had something like acne, why you had a abnormal skin condition, because contrary to many popular beliefs, having, you know, a face full of acne is not normal or acne over your back or chest. That's not normal. Uh, So we need to stop accepting it as such. Uh, So you touched on anti-aging. We just started talking about acne. We'll dive into more of those later, but in general, why should people care about their skin why should people well take care of it yeah your your skin's your largest organ and i know that that sounds kind of passe we've heard that most everybody's heard that one um but it can give you information on the status of your health sometimes way in advance of what uh might be happening you know we know any of us who've ever been around people that are suffering um some serious debilitating disease always know their skin looks different kind of an oatmealish color or a kind of off color uh, dryness, things like that. The other thing is that your, your skin as your largest organ helps detoxify your body. So when it's operating at optimum health, it's like your liver to some degree, you know, disperse and get rid of toxins. Your skin actually does breathe um, just like your lungs, re- you know, expel toxins. So keeping it in a good shape is not only going to help you look good, but it's going to help you, you know, ward off things like skin cancer and, you know, uh, dermatitis, those types of things. The things that most people don't realize is most skin conditions are an inflammatory response to something. Um, it's your skin's way of telling you whatever that is that touched me was not something that our makeup agrees with. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of chemical products and I'm not somebody that is crazy about, you know, don't throw out this or out that. Some things bother some people and some things don't. So I tell 
folks that you have to sort of rely on your own chemistry and what your body is telling you. Some people have to use fragrance-free detergents. They can't use fragrance-free products because it irritates their skin. You need to listen to that. That's not going to change. <laughs> That's just your chemistry not mixing well with those others. Unfortunately, we have options today um, to do that. But the other thing is knowing what you're putting on your skin, uh, being aware that when you hear something like products, we just had shampoos recalled. Uh, that just happened. Um, understanding what's in the products you use and what the potential uh, for toxicity is in those particular chemicals. Uh, because makes those laboratories and brands change their formulations. So, you know, we've had this summer, we had the whole benzene thing in sunscreens. I'm not a big proponent of chemical sunscreens because they can be absorbed. And in some people cause problems, not in everybody, but in some people in studies, they have altered the hormonal structure in the bloodstream, which has led to some issues and could lead to cancer. Benzene in high enough amounts can lead to cancer. So, you know, you have to kind of educate yourself. You have to be your own champion for your health because if you try to rely on opinion, especially, and this goes for YouTube as well, or TikTok, which is even worse right now. If you rely on that kind of information without really doing some, some research and paying attention to what works for you, then you can run into issues with your skin. And that's what I try to help people avoid is that that initial, I, I even tell people on products that are mostly just good skincare ingredients and not not full of extra chemicals or ingredients to always patch test on the inner elbow for whatever the product is. So if you're using a moisturizer that you're going to leave on your skin and ongoing, you need to leave it on there for a couple of, you know, take your shower, but use it there first so that you see if you're going to have some sort of reaction because that happens and you'd rather have it there than on your face and neck or chest. So it really is, that really is it. And, and you, your skin can also absorb things. So it expels toxins, but it can also absorb toxins. And sun damage is a big thing I talk about on the channel um, and not just the being out in the sun, protecting yourself from a sunburn, but if you work in a bright environment by windows uh, that are not treated, the long wave UVB light comes through, even on me, as good as I've been about sunscreen, um, my driver's side, as I call it, of the body has more photo aging than, uh, or the left side, pardon me, than the right side. So the driver's side that gets the sun all the time when you're driving, you need to be aware of that. So have your windows tinted, be sure you're wearing sunscreen. Um, there are some people that take it to real extremes, like wear gloves all the time. I'm not that that kind of person and my hands look pretty good. <laughs> uh, but it really is consistency when it comes to sunscreens and the mineral sunscreens now, and I can tell you in the 80s and 90s, they were gross, even in the 2000s. Now they've got formulations where they figured out how to add certain ingredients to those to help them spread and be thinner on the skin and still do the job. They've been able to add some tint to that so you have that white cast. So the mineral sunscreens have come a long way and for the women, and some of the guys that wear cosmetics, there are sunscreen powders now that you can use over your cosmetics. So you can still apply a sunscreen, a zinc-based sunscreen without having to mess up your, you know, your makeup. So it's come a long, long way. There's a lot of options, just consistency, big deal. I know I kind of ran with that, didn't I? <laughs> That's okay. <Good> <laughs>
<laughs> so to recap there, first off, the importance of individual approaches, right? This is the reason yeah. that there are so many products out on the market. Mm -hmm. This is the reason that no one thing works for everyone, right? Everyone has unique physiological differences. And it's important to, if you want to take your health seriously and optimize your skin health, one, find an expert who can help you navigate that. And two, be willing to commit to the long haul because you're not going to find a product uh, most of the time that works, you know, immediately. Sometimes it takes a little bit of trial and error and having a coach or someone who understands that process can really help simplify that because they can kind of look at your situation, look at how you're presenting and say, Hey, I've worked with similar people in the past. Here's what worked for them. And at least help to eliminate that guesswork for you. Uh, yeah, second. I'm Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just guessing your, your comments. So keep going. <laughs> Second, uh, you brought up the sunscreen and that's huge. Uh, the skin, as you mentioned, is kind of like a sponge. It can absorb and it can expel. So whatever you put on your skin is crucial to the rest of your health. Whatever you put on gets absorbed in and whatever is in can be expelled out. So having a firm understanding of that two-way street and looking at the ingredients that are in some of the things that you're applying to your skin is huge. Um, I've worked with people in the past who have had sensitivities to different artificial dyes, for example, and they were keen on removing them from their food, but they didn't notice that they were also in their shampoos and body washes. And if they're sensitive to the dye, cutting it out of your uh, diet is great but you also have to cut it out of your skincare routine as well. So just understanding that these ingredients that people try to avoid uh, running with the artificial color, for uh, example, now like red 40 or blue one, uh, they sneak into other products. So always check the labels and be aware of how those things find their way into the products that you might be using regularly. Right. Right. And most, most skincare, uh, two things that you, you you touched on i want to talk about the, the first one is that uh, there are more than just three skin types you know people in the cosmetics industry typically label things for oily skin combination skin or dry skin now, with some time sensitive in there we'll say four and there really are more you can have oily sensitive skin you can have oily sensitive acne prone you can have just oily you know not sensitive skin you can have normal skin that's normal sensitive you know what i mean you can have combination where you have dry patches and oily patches especially as folks get a little bit older all of those things so one of the things i did when i set up my blog community was i i made sure that people could go in and and there's like eight actual um and you probably i could probably do more but there's basically eight skin types and they go in and they answer some questions and it tells them what their particular skin type is and what type of products are best for them. Um, because again, the products, the easy way is this, if a product isn't working for you, we'll take face wash for an example. For people with oily skin, creamy, I mean, uh, for oily skin, clear foaming face washes are a little bit better. They have a surfacant in them to help break that initial layer of oil, but don't strip out too much of the oil. And the problem with a lot of oily skin and hair products have a lot of sulfates in them, so they go too far. So if your skin feels dry, tight, and squeaky clean, that's not good. 
that means your pH balance is off in your skin and too much oil has been removed and your oil glands are going to try to make up for that. So you can be right back even worse with the oil later in the day. And, the, and you hear that, I hear that from people all the time. So changing your face washes till you find one, usually glycerin or sorbitol based uh, is best. Water, most of them are water-based, but you, you want something that's as gentle as possible, but can clean your skin as well as possible. I recommend micellar waters for people to use first that have really oily skin or and that's just the ionized water but it's the water molecule is changed so that it helps kind of break that oil layer down and get cosmetics off without stripping any of the natural oil out of the pores so it's sort of like a pre-cleanse and then using a good cleanser that is water-based and look for things on the back you want to stay away from denatured alcohol sulfite sulfates uh, disodium, anything, those type of ingredients, you want to stay away from that. And if you have sensitive skin, obviously fragrance, um, as you mentioned, and colors, coloring in there can be an issue. So I, I've talked to people about that. And the other thing that you touched on that is super important is understanding how the structure of our skin works. I just did a video on this, you know, how and when should I expect results from skincare products? And it depends on the product and what it does. Obviously, hydrating products that have sodium uh, or we'll say hyaluronic acid, that's what people are going to recognize, have, high, have that salt, hyaluronic acid, glycerin, water, uh, you're going to see an instant change in your skin because you're hydrating those outer layers. That's instant. Um, you know, where, it gets, where people get impatient and forget, just like with weight loss, is that your skin is forming new cells far below the surface that we see. There's several layers where things take place. And especially when we're working with trying to improve collagen um, for wrinkles or sagging skin or what have you, that takes a long time. So your outer skin wrinkles, about every four weeks, if you're in your twenties, they're pretty much changed off that very outer layer. So we can help that with an exfoliator. Don't really like scrubs, but there are some out there made with bamboo and thing like, things like that that are good. Exfoliating devices and sponges to help speed that up that's going to give you kind of an instant result in a day or two. You'll see a difference. Um, then there are the ingredients that are like your glycolic acids, things that are that help fade age spots or help with hyperpigmentation issues. Those work over the course of a month or two because again, it takes, if you're in your 20s, about four weeks. As we get older, and some people, it can take as much as 90 days for that cellular process to where the total exchange of of external cells has been replaced 90 days. That's a long time. Then you've got collagen below, which we're treating with things like retinol or retinoic acid to try to improve the collagen layer. Months for that to show up. That's why you hear people giving up on retinol products because one, the skin surface has to adjust to that process. So that takes an acclimation period. So you may be a little red, a little dry, a little flaky, but that retinoic acid is being taken by those cells and is repairing the damage from the sun and helping to boost that collagen production further down. So that takes time. And then of course, any sort of treatments you're gonna have like all therapy or radio frequency, all the new technologies, which I think are really great. Red light therapy, those all work by warming the cells, the mitochondria, turning that on. Uh, again, all that stuff takes time to get up to the surface. So what happens if people that stick with it in about six months, they go, wow, my skin looks completely different. Like it's structurally, like it's a different skin. Whereas mm -hmm. those initial things are going to help improve the immediate external layer of your skin, but they're not necessarily going to change 
the structure or the thickness or the healthy look of your skin, that plumpness that you have when you're younger, improving circulation. So that there are so many aspects to it. Um, inflammation being, as it isn't everything, the main thing you want to try to manage. So if you've really sensitive skin, you really don't want to be putting things on your skin that irritate it. I don't care if it's labeled for that or not, because that ongoing inflammation creates T langectasias, which are spider veins, <clears throat> which are not really spider veins at all. They're not broken. What happens, the inflammation happens in the skin long enough, your body begins to create these tiny little capillaries to compensate for the problem to try to bring more nutrients, oxygen to the area that's inflamed, much like when we have a sore that's healing. Well, people don't like them because they don't go away. <laughs> you know, they stay there and they accumulate. And um, there are treatments you can have done laser treatments to reduce and, and remove those to some degree. But it's easier in all of this to prevent stuff than to try to go back and reverse it. So I just tell people, if you're using something and your skin turns red, and you'll be taking showers or so hot, you look like a lobster when you jump out. You don't want red inflamed skin. You want to try to keep skin calm and healthy and hydrated, just like everything else in your body. And then your skin's going to do well. It has a lot of its own ability to repair and protect you, even from sun damage, when it's not having to spend that energy quelling inflammation or fending off sunburns and things like that. So energy doesn't get wasted. It just goes somewhere. So just know that when you are in that state, you're taking energy away from other functions in the skin in order to for it to heal. So, right. I have two kind of questions off of that. So, one, you talked about the timeline of when you would expect to see change from applying a certain topical product or maybe doing something to boost collagen production or uh, whatever kind of approach you're using to treat skin. I would assume that the best outcomes probably come from using a combination of short-term and long-term approaches, yes. right? Not doing all right. of one or all of the other. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, I've been testing, there's really three things to look at um, as I've been testing a lot of things this last year. One is making sure that the topicals, and we've really covered that, I think pretty thoroughly mm -hmm. that you're consistent with that, that you, that you give things time to work. The other is making sure that your diet is supportive of skin health and there's all kinds of literature people can, we could be here on a whole nother hour <laughs> that alone but making sure that you're getting things like vitamin k2 lots of leafy greens if you're not a big salad eater try the greens smoothies i love making smoothies that are for skin health i have a recipe actually on the channel for that try to support that try to cut back on refined sugar for a myriad of reasons but if you want to talk skin reasons it's because it weakens cell walls when you eat too much sugar and our glycemic index is through the roof the body cannot process all that sugar so it it oxidizes um, and there's a whole i could talk about that for an hour or two but it's becomes like a free radical it damages the cell walls it hinders collagen production in the skin we know that people with high sweet diets. There are all the other problems that go along with that weight and diabetes and all that. But with the skin, it really does have aging effects, especially over time. So looking at diet, really, really important. Supplementation is really important. I tested out collagen peptides. Um, those amino acids in some people are missing if you're having trouble with hair, skin, nails, that type of thing. 
test them out. They're, they're, they're not going to harm you. So test them out for eight weeks. Studies are coming back showing they are very effective in a lot of people. You may be somebody who doesn't have a deficiency, so you're not going to see a big change. But for people who have that, like for me, dry skin was an issue that I had, uh, particularly on my back. And that's been a joke most of my life. I'm in elevators scratching. This is always itchy. That totally got rid of that. So, you know, and of course it does improve, you know, hair and nail growth. But these are things that happen where I did it for an eight-week test. So the longer you do these things, the, the longer, well, the longer you do them, then you'll begin to see the results further down the road. It's not like an immediate thing. So, but all of those things taken in together, including, you know, some fitness, making sure that you stay mobile um, because increased circulation is good for everything. It gets oxygen and nutrients to the surface of the skin, which makes a big difference over time. And so all of those things just came out in a study called the Health Got Study that you can actually reverse. If, if you do some of the things I'm talking about, if you have a plan and you stick to it, in about eight weeks, you can have rolled back three years of biological aging, and it just gets better the longer you do it. So, and we all know people that do that. I mean, I have people that are in their 60s and 70s that have practiced yoga, for instance, their entire lives. They eat a, they, they eat a, a pretty normal Western diet, but they're careful with the sugar and alcohol and all of those things, and they don't have loose skin. There's nothing hanging off of them. You know, I mean, they look older they are older, you know, if you're 70 or 70, but they are mobile and they feel good and they aren't on any kind of medications and their skin looks phenomenal. I mean, it's like they've taken care of it. And I think for me, one of the big keys was I got to start early. I learned early on. So I was, I was putting, I was the one, come on, we got to go. And I'm in there slathering the sunscreen on. And when I go visit my friends now in Texas, where I grew up, they're like, I should have done that. <laughs> you look, you like you make us so mad when you come down here. <laughs> it's like, oh well, sorry, you know. But it's never too late, you know. Sunscreen doesn't just protect you; it does actually help reverse sun damage if you use it consistently. Again, that energy for repair will happen, and you can actually roll back. Sunscreen can actually help you look younger. So there you go. Yeah, that's impressive stuff. Uh, one of the things you noted too was you were talking a lot about the inflammation and obviously exercise helps to reduce that. I can't echo the point you made about age and overall health habits enough. Uh, I come from a physical therapy background. Those that listen to the, um, our listeners really uh, have heard that quite a, for quite a while, but I've worked with people in their 70s and 80s who, you know, some of them are in walkers. Some of them struggle to walk and others are running marathons. So yeah. it just goes to show that age is but a number if you really have your health in line. Now, right. under the physical therapy hat, we actually use different techniques to promote healing that temporarily increase inflammation. So right. things like myofascial cupping, scraping, that sort of thing. Now, I've always been curious what kind of effect might something like that, that leaves like a mark or a bruise, or uh, we call it petechiae, the breaking of small blood vessels in the skin. Is there any real skin concerns from that for a short-term no. period? Mm -mm. No, the only, the only, if a person is genetically predisposed for keloids, that might be, but we use microneedling quite a bit on the skincare side, which is a similar uh, principle where tiny little needles prick the skin, just the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's deep enough that it, it passes that initial barrier. 
and it turns on the stem cells in your skin, the mitochondria react to that and go, oh, we need to make a repair. And it actually increases collagen over time. Now, there are devices you can use at home. They're going to take a long time, four or five months. Again, consistency is the key and patience. But you can also go to certified uh, professionals, dermatologists and estheticians who, and that's with an A, medical estheticians, they can provide deeper needles. Uh, we hear about the vampire facial and all that kind of stuff that goes that celebrities use. And basically it's, they prick the skin and apply the person's plasma to the face. I don't know how effective that is. I'm not a big proponent of that, but the pricking of the skin with those tiny little needles does work. We've seen that it can help remove uh, scarring. It can help improve stretch marks that are already there. So prevention against stretch marks key, but if you have them, it can improve that. It can improve sagging skin almost as well as retinols. So, you know, in combination, like you're saying, it can be a very effective tool. The home uh, microneedling is really effective of allowing skincare ingredients to get further into the skin because our skin job it has, the big job is to protect us. So there's that layer that you sort of have to get your products through. That's why we always talk about a good exfoliation step two or three times in a week for your skin to get all that old, I love Goshi, that bath towel, the shower wash cloth. And um, there is the buff puff sponges that have been around forever to help just get that very outer layer. It's not like scrubbing a pan. I always say that use very lightly, a couple times a week. Some people can do it daily just to keep those old dead skin cells off. So your products can get in and work better. Well, microneedling, kind of the same principle, only deeper. Um, it's not the most comfortable process in the world to have little tiny needles breaking your skin, but they do, they do make some numbing creams. If you go in for a professional deeper treatment with the deeper needles, they will numb the skin. But what happens is your skin responds to that. And it turns again on those mitochondria. They think it's time to repair. There's been damage. So they have done human biopsies where they've been able to see significant increases in collagen production the actual thickness of skin from that treatment over time. So for people who can't tolerate skincare topical products, that's an option because you don't have to use anything with it. You, in fact, you want clean skin, but the needle option is not a topical, it's an actual procedure or treatment. So there are also like RF therapy and all therapy. I think I mentioned those quickly earlier before, and that's where they send radio frequency or ultrasound down into the deeper layers of your skin. And it heats that skin up, not enough to burn, but it heats it up. And there's a similar response. The skin goes, whoa, what is this? Turns on all the factory, the, all, of the, all of the cell replication improves and speeds up and you get a similar effect over time. And those can be a little more painful because they, they, it's like a bruise, but a little bit deeper under the skin. It's similar to that. So yeah, that's why you see that. In fact, the uh, light therapies that we hear about today started in the sports side. You, you, that's been around for a long time to speed up sports injuries. Um, mm -hmm. They've been using that kind, of, that kind of therapy for a long time. So we've known that it worked, but now applied to anti-aging. So. Right. And these are multifactorial things. You just mentioned right. light. So if we take red light, for example, it's doing a lot more than uh, improving your mitochondrial health and circulation through warming, but it's also activating different parts of your nervous system, such as your That's parasympathetic right. nervous system, yep. which helps you to relax, it's calm down, soothing. reduce stress. Very and soothing. That has a very 
wide array of other health effects. Uh, you'll probably know increased sleep and a whole lot of other things from that. So it's essential to always look at the big picture with these things, even skincare, right? It's not just, you know, doing this to make yourself look better, but you might increase your confidence as right. a result. You yeah, might. I, yeah. I, I always say, I don't try to make people look younger. I just want them to look and feel as good as they can at where they are. Right. Exactly. So when it comes to these things, we we're talking about it in the narrow sense of from the science, from the health, from the medical, but always remember too, if you're listening, that there's a much bigger implication and bigger application to all of these things. It's not just, you know, you taking care of your skin health, but you're actually reclaiming control and claiming power over your life, over your health, over the way that you look. And that is the kind of stuff that you and I both know, Chris, is extremely powerful and leads to amazing transformations for people, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, the whole person holistically. Yep, I, I, absolutely. And I'm one of those people that I'm a little different on YouTube when it comes to the question of, should I have a procedure done? And I'm like, you know, if it's going to, if you've tried all of this, because for some people, that is the next step, just like a surgery would be in an injury. If you are not happy with how you look and you've done all of these things, maybe for whatever reason, you're just not seeing that improvement. Then I think speaking to a certified, well-researched plastic surgeon or dermatologist can be a real benefit to you because there are some procedures now they do that are very general and not the full facelift or neck lift that can give you really good results. I just remind people that plastic surgery uh, lifts, lifestyle lifts, those types of things, while they will enhance the tightness of your skin, they will not change the surface. So you're still going to have to do your skincare routine. Um, and you're going to hear that from those plastic surgeons. <laughs> you're going to hear that. There are going to be things you have to do to keep the skin from going back to the way it was. So if it's going to change how you feel in your life, you know, a lot of people in their 50s is when they start to consider those procedures. And they go and get them. And, and I'm not talking about celebrity stuff we see on TV. I'm not talking about the sensationalized plastic surgery. I'm talking about just enhancements. Maybe they need to have an eye lift or they've got a lot of loose skin around their chin area and it's just no way else to tighten it. And that's going to make you feel good about yourself. Absolutely. And you can afford it. <laughs> Absolutely. Go, go investigate that for yourself. So I'm not one of these. I'm not radically against anything. Uh, I am radically against addictive plastic surgery because we see what that does to people and they look, you know, can you imagine, think of the psychological ramifications of that. You went in to have something improved and you got addicted to the improvement that the dysmorphia starts. These folks don't even see themselves as themselves in the mirror. It's like when people think they're way overweight, you know, and they're not. Mm -hmm. it's the dysmorphia it's like they see it but it's not really the accurate visual that they have so there that's why it's always important to see a licensed professional because they are trained in technology behind this stuff as well and can help you kind of go through that no spot on uh a lot of people get addicted to self-improvement but like oh, you yeah. said, sometimes it can go a little too far we've seen some scary stuff that's <laughs> that's yeah. to say 
<laughs> makes me think of those one of those videos like hooked on the look i think the channel yeah, or something yeah. like that and uh nip and tuck was the show one of the shows where they featured some people that were really addicted to that and uh it just it's sad that that i that there are that there are i don't want to say professionals but that there are people in the industry that will provide those services when they know the outcome is not going to be good no matter yeah. how much money that you you have waved in your face i'm just like <laughs> so yeah we have to draw the line somewhere but, yeah you know unfortunately one bad apple tends to spoil the bunch as they say but just kind of uh speaks to the point of doing your research before you go and trust someone to do anything yeah definitely definitely i say that on every video where i'm talking about anything you know from dermatologists estheticians salon you do your due diligence get reviews call in and ask if you can speak to a few of their previous customers usually the really uh integral ones will have folks that will be willing to do that uh, because that's a big deal one it's a lot of money there's risk involved always with those procedures i mean it's a surgery i've taught you can get an infection it can be disfiguring discoloring so you want to you want to know what you're getting into and that that can be a trusted resource and um it's with all the malpractice that happened in the 2000s it's gotten better the early 2000 to 2010 there was a lot of malpractice uh cases against um well medical estheticians and or plastic surgeons so it's kind of cleaned up but you still it's good to dig around just for your own self and you should you should have full awareness of what you're getting into and what to expect because there's downtime those are things you don't just run to the grocery store after <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know you want to know all of that right and that applies for all procedures not just yeah. uh skin procedures but yeah. i like to point out orthopedic surgeries as well because they're going to be cutting through your skin to get to a joint or a part of your body and if you get a really good surgeon they usually cut through a lot less uh, oh, so yeah. I've shared with people before I had bilateral inguinal hernias, uh, and I'd have that patched up. I went to someone who did the procedure with a robot. It was a robotic assisted surgery. There's no scar anymore. You can't even tell that I had any kind of surgery in my abdomen. And that's something that I really appreciate when summer rolls around and we're sure. walking around the lake or the beach, you know, no shirt, that sort of thing. So having that due diligence to do your research ahead of time can really pay dividends later on. Uh, Chris, oh, yeah. is, there, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners who are tuning in today? Yeah, just that, you know, it's, it's all right to, to see that you have something you want to improve and just keep, you know, be mindful of product labeling because the skincare industry is fairly weak on the way they allow promises <laughs> They, they're, they kind of push the envelope, they sound instant results. I really, I think the biggest thing that comes back to me for folks is patience, making sure you understand what's in the ingredients, look up some of the things if you don't know what they are. There's a, a inky decoder. There's a lot of different, you can just type in skincare ingredients and there are a lot of uh, programs now where you can type in the product and it will list them and tell you what each one does. So, and if you have sensitive skin, Fragrance is a no-no. It's just a no-no. So just know that right off the bat. So I just try to save people from having to backtrack 
And because it's very demotivating when you you try to improve yourself and some you get a big breakout or something going on. So yeah, can't echo that enough. So trust the process, seek yep. out experts, and do your homework. Yep. That's awesome. Right. Awesome takeaways. And if you want to follow Chris, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him online. Uh, we'll link to his social media and YouTube and all that below. So you can just click on that in the description. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy hearing it. Additionally, if you want to help support this podcast and keep future episodes going, please check out our links below where you can support us directly or through engaging in any of our affiliate marketing links. Last, please make sure you check us out on social media at Braun Body and leave a five-star review, especially if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify.